Welcome to True Vine Talks with Rachel and Linda. Hello. Welcome Hello. to talk today. Yeah. We're going to talk about Adler, Adlerian therapy, specifically mm-hmm. his theory on birth order and how, you know, whether you're the oldest, middle, youngest, or only child impacts parts of your personality, which I think is really cool. Yes. So him, Sigmund Freud, and Carl Jung, they would sit and have discussions and smoke cigars. And they're... Wouldn't you have loved to just be a fly on the wall, listen to their conversations? I know I would. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, arguing about why people do what they do. Mm-hmm. They are our founding fathers of psychology. So, you know, it's important to give them their credit, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So birth order is an important aspect of personality and how you relate to others. And Alfred Adler you know, he, he believed that where you fell and how you, where, what place you were born is how you relate to others in the world. So that is, and how that demonstrates in personality. So being a middle child, um, no problem with, you know, going against the grain or being an outlier or because no one was paying attention who cares right the forgotten one (laughs) the forgotten one kind of the the stereotype for the middle child huh sad it's jan brady it's always marsha 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 yeah no one's looking at her paying attention Mm -hmm. yeah and, you know, being a middle child, you know, you got to figure something else out, right? You got to figure out, well, if I'm not going to get my needs met, um, what do I do about this, right? How yeah. am I going to um, get those things met? And so some famous people are Abraham Lincoln, being a middle child, learning how to negotiate between people and connect make bridges because you're used to being giving in Mm. a lot of ways that other people are going to get their needs met um and martin luther king jr was a middle child oh yeah wasn't bill gates a middle child as well let me see i thought so i'm Um, pretty sure that was in yeah Yeah, in one of the TED Talks we listened to, he was able to see that, okay, so my little sister is going to get the best and my older sister is going to get, you know, the first choice from the parents. So let me figure out how to get my needs met. Yeah, I think in the TED Talk, they they said that being a middle child and having older siblings and younger siblings teaches you to be like a master negotiator Mm -hmm. in some ways. Oh, you're used to not always getting your way and having to compromise and learn how to be cooperative. 
when you need to be mm-hmm. how to share right it's like well you know it's not all about me it's about other people too that's okay but at first you protest especially growing up you mm-hmm. kind of protest your position by rebelling or acting out sometimes yeah. Now, when we talk about <clears throat> birth order, these are generalizations. Yes. So not all criteria will meet the person's. Right. Yeah, yeah. You might listen and be like, well, I, that's my birth order, but that doesn't sound like me at all. And that's probably true. Yeah. This isn't like a hundred percent fact for everybody. Just kind of like a guideline. Yeah. Just a theory. Yeah. And what about the oldest, um, Miss Rachel? Yeah, I'm the oldest out of two. So according to Adler, Alfred Adler, the oldest child, like, you know, you start out receiving full attention from the parents. You're the first, you know, baby that they're raising. And then along comes a new baby. And uh, Adler referred to this as the dethroned monarch. You're no longer... The, the king or queen of the family. Now there's this baby that's getting all the attention. So you, ha- you grow up having respect for power and authority because the power and authority you once had, you lost. Aha. Interesting. And how does that kind of play out for their personality? You think like when they're in their career or in things that the environments do they defer to power often or they tend to be more um like i don't know how to put it more conservative more like i'm going to follow the rules i don't want to get any into any trouble do what's expected of me yeah mm-hmm. more traditional in the sense of like right and wrong and morals yeah do they tend to be more judgy? Do you think? Not you, just okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I am. <laughs> it says they tend to be bossy. Oh, yeah, yes. protective, right? Kind of uh, leadership characteristics. Yeah, because the parents are like, here's the baby. You're the oldest. Mm-hmm. Take care of the baby now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're probably used to being the boss. Probably, you know, yeah. Maybe. I would, my sister probably would say that I'm bossy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say my sister's bossy. She's okay. the oldest and she's definitely bossy, but she always has everyone's best interest at heart. Yes. I would say that's an oldest sibling thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have the baby. What does, what is the psychology? Oh, what are some, who are some famous people that are the firstborn? Hillary Clinton? Yeah, Hillary Hillary Clinton. Clinton. I don't know. I can't remember them off the top of my head. I'll have to look them up. We took our notes. We did. Um, J.K. Rowling, the um, Harry Potter Winston Churchill, Bruce Willis, Sylvester Stallone. Who all the actors who played James Bond were first born? 
Mm, that's what it said. Interesting. That makes sense. Take control, be in charge. So yeah. I think that's food. That's fun facts for thought. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oldest siblings tend to be like the organizers, leaders of the family. Right. That's definitely me. Anytime our family's like, let's get together and do something. I'm like, that sounds great. And then no one does anything. And then I organize, I make it happen. (laughs) I'm like, okay, here's where we're going to stay. Here's our itinerary. Here's. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. You guys are good about doing that. And that's, um, yeah. My auntie, Susan, she does that. She, she'll be like, okay, we're going to go here. Everybody's going to show up this time. We're going to eat here at this time. These are the oldest. Yep. Yep. That's what we do. (laughs) But we need leaders. That's so funny. Yeah. It is funny that they do that, isn't it? Yes. Um. Now we're going to talk about youngest, the babies of the family that mm-hmm. tend to be the funniest. They tend to be the, the most well-liked, very social, charismatic, outgoing. Yeah. And, and the reason why the baby can do these things is because the eldest is organizing everything and the middle child is trying to win the approval of the parents. So they're out there cleaning everything and doing yeah. Yeah. The, the validation from mom and dad. Mm-hmm. So the baby can just sit and draw. Yeah. <laughs> Be yeah. in their imagination. Yeah. They tend, they tend to be the favorite. I, I, saw, I read that. Yeah. Yeah. I also read that it's, it's interesting. The reason why is that the youngest child at an early age will make the assumption that they're the favorite, you know, because they need more attention and tending to because they're younger, they can't do as many things on their own as the oldest kids are. And so the, the older children and the youngest child just make the assumption that the baby is the favorite and then the family like just spends the rest of their life acting in that way does that make sense how I just explained it makes great sense yeah and how might that make the others feel about the baby resentful jealous Hmm. yeah why do they always get all the things yeah how is that fair? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Youngest children tend to develop a lot faster because they've got these like older role models and they're trying to keep up. Yeah. And they're um they're just given more opportunities because the parents tend to be have a little more money and there's a less stress usually. Yeah. They've got parenting more figured out because they've had a practice, right? And they're kind of like, well, I'm just tired too. I'm, the parents are like, well, I'll just let them, they'll figure it out. So they get, you know, everything's taken care of. So yeah, less afraid. Less afraid. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's true. Um, some babies are Jim Carrey. Was it Jim Carrey that was listed on there? Go back up. I think he is. I think that's right. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, Jim Carrey. Who else was there? Or some other famous people. I think Cameron Diaz was, but I, I'm not for sure. I'll look that up. Sorry, I did my homework, guys, but I'm also, it's Saturday morning. Yeah. So I'm like a little yeah. rusty. Yeah. Some youngest children um, might have, get the like inferiority complex that Adler talked about a lot. Yeah. And um, feel like they can't do anything without help or support from others because they're so used to having that. And so, yes, well, where this kind of where there's a split, like some youngest children are really successful and ambitious because they've always had that sibling rivalry where others uh, kind of use their failure supposedly to to make their place within the family that's how they're different from their older siblings oh that's interesting mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah um and he would suggest that you know when you're feeling inferior um that you will do activities and things what we call the contrast effect is you will try to set yourself apart from your siblings. Yeah. How do I find significance? How will I differentiate myself Yeah, from the pack? Yeah. Being very different, unique. And then you can go to the other end of it and get the superiority complex. Mm -hmm. And that's where you're, you think you're better than everyone. Right. So, yes. you know. That that complex is compensating for feelings of inferiority. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm better than you. And you puff up and you, oh, I can do that better. But really, you're just concerned you're not good enough. You yeah. know, this is so. Mm -hmm. Like a, a protective wall, right? Right. Let me make yeah. everyone believe that I'm better than them because I'm afraid that if they see the real me, that they'll realize that I'm not better than anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Rachel and I did a great job of talking about being your authentic self in one of yeah. our podcasts. So, you know, learning how to not feel like an imposter or inferior to others is being your true self. And that's, that's key in life is how you manage those feelings of inferiority being your authentic self yeah learn to love you just as you are yeah. and Rachel brought up a good point earlier about how is you know Adlerian Freudian Jungian therapy how are these therapy models different um from the attachment therapy Bowlby and Dr. Sue Johnson the therapies that we utilize in our practice. And I think that's important for our listeners to understand the difference. 
Yeah, you pointed out that it's a top-down model, this like birth order and other, the, the individual psychology that Adler studied and created. And so let's discuss where like the attachment is bottom up, right? Mm -hmm. The more cognitive Adlerian is top down. So how would you just explain the difference between those two for our listeners, top down versus bottom up so that they know what we're talking about? Yeah. Brain, brain cognitive. Yeah. Heart familial. Yeah. You like that? Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. So top down is brain cognitive where where our first priority is what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? Because thoughts create feelings. That's the belief there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then bottom up, you're saying heart familial Our our first priority is I want to understand how you're feeling. What is your emotional response? Right. When you engage in this behavior, what is it that you're feeling? Right. Because feelings are, are, are created by meaning, right? Because we're starting with the emotion and then we're going up top to the brain to figure out what does that mean to you? Yeah. What thoughts go through your mind? Well stated, Rachel. What, what memories come to your mind when you're having that emotion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you feel sad, um, what is your perception? What do you believe about the situation or this person when you're around them? Yeah. If you're um, working from a top down, it's like, I feel in or I am unworthy. Just a statement, you know, mm -hmm. cognitive belief is that I'm not worthy. So what am I going to do about that? Reframe that thought. I am worthy. Okay. That's an affirmation, a self affirmation that Adlerian therapy would, you know, encourage or generate. Whereas with <clears throat> the attachment therapy, like, oh, when you felt sad, what was happening for you on the inside? You felt mm -hmm. like someone didn't see you. Yeah. Because yeah. we know that when we're in fight or flight, when we're having a very overwhelming emotional response to something, prefrontal cortex goes offline, right? And therefore we, we, we're not thinking logically and rationally. So in those moments, top-down approach does not work because we don't have access to that part of the brain needed to have those rational conversations. But if we meet someone where they are, right? By using that bottom up approach mm -hmm. it soothes the nervous system right and then they can engage in more rational conversation they can use logic and reasoning to make sense of of what's happening for them yeah that's very well stated yeah because their action tendency is how they felt not seen or heard right they we're meeting that need when we use bottom up yeah. Helping people feel seen, heard, understood, cared for. 
I mean, you can't tell that you and I like that therapy, can you? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> We're biased. Passionate at all? No, I think there's a there's a time and a place for both. Obviously, I prefer the bottom up approach, but you know, sometimes people come in for therapy and they're very cognitive, rational yeah. people. They don't they don't get in their feelings. That's very uncomfortable for them. And so, then I I do kind of transition over to top down approach, right, to help them get more comfortable in that place. We can slowly go to a deeper level so both are very helpful you're a good therapist you too I learned from the best oh yeah you're welcome Carl Jung would say and we'll talk about Carl Jung maybe in one of our podcasts because I like him he would say it's got to be individualized when you step into the room what fits the client Absolutely. He says you just sort of dial it down or dial it back up. What are their needs? Do they want to share a dream they had last night? Maybe they want to process their interaction with their partner that day. He said you just individualize therapy. Mm Therapy is an art. It is. So 100%. Yeah. Because look at all these theories that we at least need to be aware of right like birth order yeah you know people don't understand how much is going through like how much information we're sorting through when we're just having a conversation with someone we're not just talking to you you know like and we're not we're not necessarily analyzing either I don't like that word I'm not analyzing you. I'm trying to understand where you're coming from. I'm trying to understand what is your life like? What's it like to walk in your shoes? Mm -hmm. And knowing whether you're the oldest, middle, youngest, only child helps me do that. Helps me gain some perspective. Yeah. Yeah. These are the, um, this is that layer of therapy that, like you're saying that people aren't aware of that we're aware of in engaging folks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't need all this. They don't have to have all this information. No, but you know, it's good for them to food for thought. And yeah, if you like, you're an inquisitive, deep thinker, you're conscientious and you want to know then dive deeper. It's all about what, you know, floats your boat. Yeah. Yeah. So what is life like as an only child? Yes. I tried to go grab my only child here and he's busy doing things. So um, he feels like there's a lot of um, like the whole world is he can capture the whole world. Like everything is an opportunity. Mm. Yeah. He's never had to fight for attention. (laughs) (laughs) He's well, had that, it all. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he was the first uh, born grandson on Charlie's. Oh, so nice. Yeah, he's their star. So he's, yeah, they just feel like the whole world is a playground. Love that for him. Yeah. 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 No competition. You're only competing with yourself. Mm. yeah 
And they, they say uh, only children are, are usually like they mature faster. They're able to have adult conversations because they usually are interacting with adults, their parents. They don't have younger siblings that they're like, you know, playing with on a different developmental level. Exactly. And they tend to sometimes be self-centered because they haven't had to share. Yeah. So, you know, if you are an only child, it might be important to um, join a, a local team or be a part of, you know, learning how to give and take. Yeah, oh, as an only child. Um, yeah. Who, oh, Adele is an only child. I was trying to think of some things oh. that are only children. And Adele is one. Um, who else? I'm trying to think of some other famous people. I don't remember now. Yeah. So. Do they tend to be perfectionists, only child? I know youngest can and oldest can. I feel like onlys as well. Yeah. I feel like only children have a lot of that first born tendencies because they are, but they just, they never lost power. They, they never became the dethroned monarch. They, they maintained it. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Imagine going through life, you're always the monarch. Always the queen or the king. Just <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> be cool. You're like, well, when my parents die, I get everything. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> well, yeah. I don't they don't have to compete with anyone. Um oh. I was listening to one TED talk and he said his problem with that was that sometimes he tended to not listen to others as an only child. So mm, makes sense. yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's kind of innately a, a, some comp- natural competitiveness as a human in our biology, you know, like survival wise. And so I think they said that the only children can have a tendency to like compete with like parental figures because there's no other siblings in the house. And they just kind of have that innate like competitive drive. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think they said it's usually the father figure, which surprised me. Oh, they're trying to compete with the father figure. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Again, just a theory, but I thought that was interesting when I read it. Like regardless of uh, you know, like assigned birth gender too, like whether they're male or female, both tend to compete against the dad father figure because I guess mom's like this like attention giving, nurturing, you know, typically person and so they com- Pete for the attention of the mom against the dad sometimes yeah that makes sense Hmm. yeah I kind of feel like our only child kind of grew up with us oh yeah because we were so young um 22 and 23 kind of young for having a baby um it's pretty normal here in West Virginia pretty typical yeah yeah, age of having children here you're right 
And um, so that brings us to like the big five. And a lot of folks love that podcast last week. So thank you for this. Um, and a lot of people are taking the quiz. So to see. Yeah, I've had some clients take the quiz. I love it. It's great. Yeah, they're enjoying the the practice of understanding themselves better. Yes. And <clears throat> so we just want to talk about the openness and how in the birth order, who would you guess is more open, Rachel? Oh, out of, I do not know the answer to this. I'm, I'm giving it some thought. Who would I think is the most open to experience? Well, I rated pretty highly on that and I'm the oldest, so I'm going to go with oldest, but I could be wrong. I think it's the youngest, isn't it? The youngest. Maybe I can see that too. I can see that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think youngest are, uh, that makes sense because they tend to be like, less conforming to societal norms. I think that's what I was trying to say when I said like conservative and it's like conforming to societal norms. Yeah. When you're the oldest. So yeah, youngest are less likely to do that. So I can see them being very open to experience. Yeah. I'd say the middle child's pretty open too. you know, to, to yeah. like causes and, you know, connecting people and big social agenda like it makes mm-hmm. sense that they would do that bill gates you know he does a lot of environmental progressive things to help you know the world so whether you think he does or not i don't know just whatever yeah. <laughs> just, that's the way they think is like how do i um how do i create more positive environments for others and connect people and middle middle children, they do that. I think mm. negotiate. Yeah, because you're feeling left out. You want to connect connection. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's always Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. This Marsha that. What about me? Yeah. Yep. Get into all of that. And then um as far as like neuroticism, that's how anxious or depressed you can get and um you know those types of feelings um abraham lincoln was i have read several books about how depressed he was Mm. most of his life just he felt so much compassion and empathy uh for others and if they had hardship so he was very uh depressive type so yeah I think middle children experience that a lot and I think they get good at hiding it. Oh yeah. Nobody knows. Everyone thinks they're fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause they'll, they'll go out there on a limb and do things. Yeah. Yeah. Good point, Rachel. Good point. Yeah. So how, how much you experience internal pain? Yeah. I think that's Mm -hmm. the, eroticism part of of life which I still wish had a different word to describe it but (laughs) I don't like it I don't like the neuroticism I don't like that word makes it like we said in our big five like it just seems like a negative like almost derogatory term but what it actually means isn't negative necessarily or yeah like you said it's just your inner experience 
how negative would you rate your inner experience? Well, you have bigger feelings. Yeah. And then yeah, if you're really compassionate and empathetic, you're going to probably be a highly sensitive person, which means you're going to have a lot yep. of, yeah, a very rich emotional inner world. Yeah. And that's, that's good for the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> folks like that bring about justice and equality and, you know, all good societal things that Abe Lincoln did. So, yeah. Oh, he's he's my favorite president for sure. He's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the extroversion. This should be pretty easy. Who do you think's the most extroverted? I think the babies of the family are the youngest ones. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, woo! <laughs> Everybody likes me. Everybody look at me over here. <laughs> I'm the best. Everyone tells me I'm the best. <laughs> yes, they do. Everyone's yeah. doting on the baby. Uh-huh. So they're just the best. Yeah. And some might, some might argue, well, they could become narcissistic. You know, but that's not necessarily true. They could, but uh, so could the oldest and so could so could the yeah. middle child. Yeah. It's on their parental figures in that case. Yeah, I think the extroversion in the youngest child just makes them more likely to be like the class clown, you know, mm-hmm. the like just really social. They make friends wherever they go, you know. Yeah, make people laugh. Yeah, never met a stranger type of just personality trait, usually. Yeah. And so extroversion would be higher probably on the the baby for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then we've got agreeableness. How agreeable are you? How likely are you to say yes? And I'm just taking a guess because I haven't researched it enough, but I'm thinking the more agreeable person would be probably the eldest. Is that what you're thinking? I think so. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So if the teacher says, hey, guys, pull out your book and turn to page five, the oldest. We're like already there. (laughs) (laughs) You're there. You're already there. Middle child's like, "Mm, I don't don't care about this class. You know, middle child's like, where's my book? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm supposed to have a book. (laughs) What's going on? And then the baby baby don't even have the book. Okay. (laughs) Baby doesn't even know where the book is. Yeah. They're like, hey, older sibling, where's my book? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or they're like, I already read that last night. I'm not, I don't need my book. I'm not pulling it out. <laughs> I already know this. <laughs> right. And, and the, these things are important to understand yourself because how might that look in a, a work environment? Yeah. So if you don't know, hey, you know, maybe my baby tendencies are showing up here. And I need to kind of tweak that and be a little more responsible, like my eldest sibling, so that I can be more balanced in my life. Yeah. That that's how these things kind of are applicable to your life. It's not, you know, set in stone. Yes. I thank you so much for mentioning that because so much it's like we have choices. 
you know, we have life is not just happening to us, you know, most of the time we have choice. Yeah. Good point. So just your birth order is a, um, kind of like a construct for you to understand yourself, but it's not set in stone. Absolutely. Yes. You can make changes. Maybe I need to be more social, outgoing, extroverted. I can take some yeah, inspiration from my younger sister. Yeah, exactly. And I could be a little more um, responsible, like my eldest sister. (laughs) She's always responsible. Um, And then finally is the conscientiousness. And conscientiousness is you're very organized, you're structured, you care about getting it right and doing the right things. That's us oldest. There it is again. For sure. <laughs> wow. Are my scores in my highest areas making sense according to my birth order? We did this podcast in the right order. <laughs> we did. <laughs> That's Bottom funny. Line. Yes. And so how are you different than your sister in that way? Do you think? Not in a just how in the daily I think she's very conscientious too but I think our conscientious I think it shows up in a different way I'm conscientious of I don't want to upset anyone she's conscientious in a are are we doing the right thing and who's not and like how unjust is it that you know like like she's more apt to get angry and like be a mover and a shaker like for justice whereas I'm like I don't know let's slow down let's think about this let's take everybody's perspective into account like, like, <laughs> good yeah yeah I I think these are all great um, learning constructs for the individual because Adlerian therapy is individualized right so it's yeah not about how you're relating so much to you know I guess he's he doesn't get into attachment is what I'm trying to say like you know and Freud was more about your parents the focus was on your parents he's interested in how inferior and superior you feel daily living Mm -hmm. oh it's like well you have a complex with your dad so that makes you act like this you know yeah Nadler's like well you're you're the youngest so you're going to be more creative and this is how this looks this is why you're doing this so they were very um like it's more individualized in that sense and some folks like that some folks like that so yeah yeah I bet middle children really like it what (laughs) oh yeah we do. We like, we like feeling like we're the captain of the ship. Yes, of course you do. Yeah, we can navigate things and feel included in that way. Because if you don't feel included, the middle child will rise to the occasion and try to reach, you know, oh, oh yeah. look at me. do you see me? Yes. Sibling rivalry. It happens. It just happens. So, yeah. So we, we hope that this was you know, a good listen for you to kind of understand Adlerian therapy 
and you know the birth order and how that might impact you personally yeah so just reflect on that and uh, I think we'll keep going with some different personality themes and theories won't we yeah Carl Jung you want to do Carl Jung next time sure Mm -hmm. archetypes archetypes I like that all right till next time bye